the podcast on the mount where we talk about Jesus, discipleship, and community. Let's go! Hello, and welcome to another session with us here at the podcast on the mount. My name is Jonathan Amos with my co host, Adam Money. And this evening, we will be talking about salvation as reconciliation. Yeah. Um, well, b- before we get into that, Adam would like to say a few words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to say some words of uh, thanks to some good friends of ours, avid listeners of the podcast on the Mount. Uh, we've been in touch with them and they, were, they, 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 they bought, bought us some very nice high quality uh, audio equipment so you can see our, our audio uh, quality has improved drastically and um, we say thanks kudos to these three friends of ours oh, yes. um, I'm sure I mean they don't want us to mention their names but if they do we'll, we'll mention in the next episode <laughs> but thanks very much yes and we hope that uh, yeah, we hope you, you, you enjoy our episodes more and more and you know as, as time goes on yeah yeah so salvation as reconciliation what is this salvation as reconciliation what what is it why do we need to talk about it what's mm. what's so cool or interesting about it what is this about well i mean salvation as reconciliation can also be turned around to say salvation as covenant relationship right? yeah, the, the two are the same thing um but i um the reason why this is important is because um I find that um, many uh, early Christians would have understood salvation a bit different than most uh, modern Christians would have uh, do today, okay. because we 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 are we we are reading the Bible with a different set of lens than most early Christians would have read it, and so we are getting different things out of it and focusing on certain things as more important than others. Uh, in our reading of scripture um, and so we, we, most modern people have a, a legal view of salvation and I think that that, that needs uh, to be looked at again hmm. most modern people have a legal view of, salvation, of, of salvation that's that's quite big What's, what is this legal view what are you talking about Adam well I, I remember back then when we were um, were kids um, and not not kids, but I mean, in uh, in church, uh, there was a attempt to explain to us why Jesus needed to die, and um, typically it was it followed this pattern um, that God was a, a God was a judge and had declared us human beings as sinful, as having done something against Him. And uh, we, he himself was about to declare uh, the, the punishment upon us. Um, but then um, Jesus Christ stepped in, uh, maybe as a lawyer or something of that sort. And uh, he, 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 he takes the punishment that God had declared upon us mm-hmm. so that we get to go scot-free. Because and, and, uh, and it's almost like God looks at Jesus' righteousness and therefore he sees us no longer as guilty people but as people who are okay and can go scot-free mm-hmm. but again that is driven mostly because jesus actually uh, had to be punished in our place by god mm-hmm. for our, our, our 
freedom to be obtained. And this is mostly driven especially by the notion of we being insistent about getting people from hell to heaven. Hmm. That is, that is, that is, that, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, the, the whole point is painted as if the goal of salvation is to get you out of hell to heaven, okay. and which is what Jesus has brought you. But is that, is that wrong? Getting because we we well we know there's a concept of hell there's a concept of heaven yes so is it wrong to 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 want to get people out of hell into heaven oh, well um yes the new testament actually does speak of heaven and hell and so on mm-hmm. and and i mean we 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 don't want to go into all the places where it actually does because the the the, the even the question of what hell is like and so on is is actually in debate among amongst modern scholarship right now, mm. but the point is yes. Um, if you allow your view of scripture and your view of God's salvation to be driven by the focus on how to get save souls, how Jesus was saving souls to go to heaven instead of hell, it colors your reading of scripture, and it distorts your whole understanding of the gospel. Mm. Also, um, uh, well, for example, it distorts your view of God, because if you say that, I mean, ge- based the, the example that the scenario where I described God as a judge God and He forgiving us only mm-hmm. because Jesus took the, the the punishment Himself, it presupposes that um, one there is a distinction between who God is and who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that God. God is three persons. God is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So when we Christians speak of God, we are speaking of the three people. Now, so which uh, is there a division in the Trinity so that someone, uh, one person is uh, has a different nature from the other? Because Jesus Christ says, "If you see me do what I'm doing, that is the nature of my Father." See what you see me do. I, I do that because that is what my father is. That's what my who, who my father is. That's what his that's what his character is. Hebrews tells us that he is the uh, perfect representation of the father. Hebrews one. So you've seen me, you've seen me. Yes, if you see me, you've seen the father. Mm-hmm. So are we saying that? Uh, giving the the picture of Jesus Christ as one who is willing to die even for his enemies. Are we saying that God? <laughs> Is one who is unwilling to forgive until somebody pays a punishment? Is that the idea we are painting of God? Well, many things bring up this kind of idea. Uh, yes, but <laughs> you know, there we've we've had all sorts of ideas about God before mm-hmm. before Jesus. But then Jesus Christ and says, "Whatever ideas you had about God before, I am the definitive revelation of who God is and what His nature is." Okay. So forget about whatever you thought about God. If you see me and my behavior, you see who God is. Okay. Which should tell us if Jesus is willing to die and says we must love, even to the point of loving our enemies, and we have done something wrong against God, and God Himself is incapable of forgiving us. Okay. <laughs> what does that say? Okay. We can go all the way to Genesis, to the very beginning. Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. God creates Adam and Eve and tells them not to eat of a certain fruit. Mm-hmm. And then, but then, if they eat of this fruit, he will punish them. Mm-hmm. And he states this very categorically. 
No, so, he, he but God could have forgiven them, but no, he no, no, says no. he will punish them. So, and, uh, I, I think we th- this is a distortion of what Genesis, uh, the, the story of Adam and Eve says. Okay. What God says is that do not eat of the fruit of uh, of the tree of knowledge of of, of good and evil, mm-hmm. and that if if you eat it in that day you will die. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that if you eat it, I God will come and kill you. It's saying that it's it's stating the consequences of their own actions. Okay. So that, for example, if you tell your child that don't put your hand in the fire, it will burn you. It is not you who is causing the fire to burn the child when he actually puts their hand in there. Well, it's not you burning the child. It's not you burning the child. Hmm. It's a consequence. It's a consequence. Action. But the consequence is there. There is no doubt. So if you want to translate that also to uh, biblical language, the punishment is there. But the punishment is not because God himself is enacting the punishment. It's because Adam and Eve were told the consequence of their sins and they disobeyed that. And the natural consequence came to them. Mm. It's the same misunderstanding that the people of Israel had of Yahweh when Babylon came to take them to to uh, to exile. Mm-hmm. Who said, "Oh, God has punished us. God has punished us." But uh, the ex- Exodus was very clear that if you uh, would break the covenant, then this is the consequences that will come upon you. Mm. Okay. He will withdraw his protection so that you end up being in exile. And that's what they did, and that's what happened to them. So, um, some people want to interpret that as God is one who is actively punishing them, but no, God is simply withdrawing His protection. After all, when it happened in the days of Hezekiah, God brought His protection, and uh, uh, Sennacherib was not able to bring Hezekiah down in Mm. the end. The same Assyrians who conquered the, the northern Israel later on, they had made an attempt before, and God intervened. But then subsequently, now that Israel had abandoned Yahweh, he also abandoned them. And this time, when Assyrians came back the second time, they succeeded. Hmm. Okay. So, we need to be careful about our language and reading of God and punishment and so on and so forth. Especially in light of the revelation of who God is in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ changes our understanding of who God is. And this really translates into a lot of the things that we do and think today. In, in, in Christianity in general, um, uh, in the in the Protestant uh, Church, you know, people say the main focus, the main focus of a Christian is to save souls. I've heard so many Protestants yes. say this. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, and that concept of to save it, souls. Yes. Um, you go to the Catholic Church; they say that you are you are born a sinner, and therefore you you could probably die at any time. So, you could die as born, so immediately <laughs> you are born as quickly as they can. You would need to uh, you need to baptize uh, mm, yeah, baptize the child, yes, and then so that your sins can be washed away, and mm, then so that in case in you die, case you pass away, you yes. do not go to hell. Mm-hmm. Your soul doesn't go to hell. Yeah. I mean, but well, I don't. I don't yes, know. these are all consequences of the legal view of hmm. reading scripture. Okay. When we look at it in terms of when we continue that uh, idea of there is a dichotomy between who Jesus is and who God is. Instead of looking at Jesus as the perfect revelation of who God is, then we can easily continue a legalistic view of God. Instead of looking at good Old Testament view. Yes, an Old Testament if you want to say an Old yes. Testament view. Even some, sometimes I doubt that is an Old Testament view of God because in some t- already in the Old Testament, God had begun to reveal himself a bit differently than what most people thought. 
he was. Yeah. So anyway, and this is more or less uh, and, and the, the the legal view. Now, if you if you, it, what one of the things that the legal view does mm-hmm. is it orients Christians in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, it orients them in a in a. I don't know. It's in what people typically say is a believe, behave, and belong model. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 why am I am I confusing you yet? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Once you can break it down for us, we are okay. Okay, okay, okay. I so think I can already see where this belief comes from. Probably from my example I give about. So, firstly, get your get your soul saved. Yes, get that correct. Okay, that mm-hmm. so that is right. Mm-hmm. And then a behave would probably be so. Now do things the way we do. Mm-hmm. And then belong being that okay. Then we will be accepting now of you. We can be accepting of you yes. if you choose to do things the way that we yes, do. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Yes, and because most people have this legalistic view of God, they are also very very worried about any appearance of sin. Now, sometimes, even in Bible, it says uh, we should avoid an appearance of sin. Yes. That's fine. So, sometimes people use that as a justification to 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 say, ah, even the Bible says we should avoid the appearance of sin. But the point is, sin is not so obvious to us. For example, those who make the most noise about avoiding the appearance of sin, for the same Christian tradition that for 400 years was busily keeping their fellow black man as a slave, and they didn't realize that it was the same. Hmm. I, I, you get me? Yes. So, we only know what is sin or not sin by looking to somebody or someone. Are you getting me? And yes. by belonging to someone or somebody or someone. But anyway, so you, you see then that it is not that easy to discern what sin is. I mean, the history of Christianity shows us that people have made the biggest fuss, but yet not kept to it. I so think I, okay, so it seems to me that what you are saying is this: mm-hmm. the current legal view wants to say that something like um, so um, come, uh, c- let us save your soul, mm-hmm. and it seems to assume that immediately your soul is saved. Mm-hmm. Your character, everything about you, has to change. Yes, and mm. it, it suddenly it's like anything or everything you used to do, which is quote unquote sinful, mm-hmm. has to go away. Mm-hmm. It has to vanish like mm-hmm. magic. Mm-hmm. So if um, what what how do we put this? If assuming you have um, you have a, a, a reckless driver, quote mm-hmm. unquote, mm-hmm. somebody who is always on the road who mm-hmm. says that ah my car I can really go fast, I can do all these things, and is reckless in the way they drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, I'm trying to picture how suddenly him going to stand in front of a stage and lifting up his hand and saying that from today on I give my life to Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, that Sunday afternoon, he leaves and he's going. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but I can't. I really almost to picture 90% how it is that he's still going, that to, go he's still going to, to do the same thing and be reckless. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it, and it goes down. I mean, I'm just giving a reckless yes, 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 driver yes. example, mm-hmm. but it's in so many things. Yes. You, um, um, what's Somebody who just likes women, opensa. Okay, mm-hmm. let's let's leave women out. I'm not saying drinking is not a bad thing, mm-hmm. but some people overly do it, mm-hmm. and they just get drunk out of their heads. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think you see that's that's why I think generally um, 
people see that these are behavioral traits, these mm-hmm. are behaviors. Mm-hmm. It took some time for people to learn them. Yes, so it, it will need take, to yes. take time for people to, to unlearn, unlearn them. them. Yes. So it, it's, it's... Yeah, yeah no, 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 I mean, this is... What you're saying is a very, is a very good example of um, what a legal view of God, the impatience that a legal view of God generates amongst Christians. Hmm. Um, one, we, 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 yes, we are very, because of this thing that is always hanging over our heads about going to hell or heaven, Sin, yes. so many of us are so worried about making sure that we are somehow keeping the right books when it comes to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, there are certain passages in the scripture, for example, where Paul actually condemns sinful behavior in mm-hmm. scripture mm-hmm. of people who have already become uh, Christians. Yes. So it somehow gives us the idea that, huh, well, God is, even though he has forgiven us, he's still keeping some book somewhere mm-hmm. of all the things. And, you know, the yes. Bible says uh, the words like God is going to judge in the end. And God mm-hmm. will. But, again, we, we need to step back from a legalistic reading of these texts or else we won't get the point that Paul or Jesus Christ or so on is making. And what this, um, like we said, believe, behave, belong. So, um, once people who have this legalistic view of God are very worried about the beliefs of their fellow Christians, Hmm. they always have this idea that once a fellow Christian believes something differently from me, they are already on the path towards hell. Uh, Okay. And therefore, it makes it very difficult for them to have fellowship to sustain fellowship and relationship with such christians and this is why uh, this is very rampant in the protestant church that is why the Protestant church has a million and one divisions because protestantism takes uh, a correct view of scripture are you getting me which is believe the part it takes that view very strongly to the point where it it would really it very easily two persons would divide right now simply because you interpret this text of scripture as this and i interpret that text of, the same text of scripture as that so instead of actually staying together mm-hmm. so that we understand that work it out we try mm-hmm. to work it out mm-hmm. we have our differences mm-hmm. instead very quickly once there's a, a difference in ideology, mm-hmm. a split would come. A split yes. would emerge. Yeah, a split would emerge. And that's, that's why it is, it is, so it is a human thing. Yes. But because we, we, we uh, most humans continue to have certain views about God, mm-hmm. which uh, basically for me, I, I term some of those views an angry God view. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it makes us very worried about we not believing the right things. Because we assume that if you always believe the right things, then the right behavior will follow. But I'm not sure that that that, that is how the world works. Okay, okay. So how how? So we look at this legal legal view, legalistic mm-hmm. model, legal mm-hmm. model. For mm-hmm. it, but so how how should we look at it? How how what what should we look at? I mean, if we're talking of salvation as reconciliation mm-hmm. what how should we look at this whole concept of salvation yeah i think the better way and the better model of understanding salvation and, and understanding christianity and everything is to understand salvation as covenant restoration between god and us okay primarily covenant restoration between god and humanity hmm. of which we as individuals are a part of so I mean, I, 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 one of the, I'm one of those people who 
get a bit worried when people talk about personal relationship with God. Why? Because it it, it we do actually do have a personal relationship with God. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But it is because God has re- reconciled Himself with the whole world. He has brought Himself into relationship with the whole world, and then we get to be beneficiaries of it. Right. But anyway, that's like I'm 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 talking about the end of the subject. So let me begin focus on the beginning of what <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um let's look at the relationship between God and Abraham. Okay. God and Abraham. God's relationship with Abraham is a covenant relationship. God says, Abraham, leave your father and mother and your house mm-hmm. and go to a land that you don't know. And I will bless you. And I'll, uh, the father uh, of many nations. Yes, I'll make you uh, uh, and many nations will be blessed through you. Yes. This is covenantal language. All Old Testament scholars will tell you clearly and plainly, this is covenantal language. God is signing a covenant between him and Abraham. A relationship in which, yes, Abraham will get things wrong sometimes along the line. But the most fundamental thing about covenant is allegiance. And the easiest way to talk about this kind of, what I mean by covenant is simple, marriage. Marriage is the like God's clearest example of the kind of relationship He desires between Himself and us. <laughs> and you see this a lot when you look at the Old Testament prophets. They 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 they, they, they picture the relationship between God and Israel as a marriage. a marriage relationship. So when things were going wrong between God and Israel, you can look at some of the examples that He gave. Then it's like it's like it's like it's like Israel. Um, Israel is obviously the wife following another god. It's just like a woman going to follow another man. That's exactly what it is. Hmm. And that's why Jesus Christ says the only thing that can break a marriage is unfaithfulness. Yes. It's not your wife uh, messing up your your, the fufu or the husband forgetting to buy uh, 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 something he was supposed to buy. (laughs) Unfaithfulness. Unfaithfulness. So, I mean, look at um, um, the... if you if you look for example at Jeremiah thirty one, I mean we quote Jeremiah thirty one a lot amongst Christians to try to explain the concept of the Holy Spirit and covenant and blah blah mm-hmm. and so on. From but I think thirty one verse thirty one thirty two. Okay, Jeremiah thirty one. Go go thirty one. Jeremiah thirty one thirty one. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant to the people of Israel mm-hmm. and with the people of Judah. Mm-hmm. It will not be like the covenant I made with the ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. Good. Though I was a husband to them. Yes. So basically, you're saying that the first covenant with the people of Israel broke was, you know, it was a marriage. Mm-hmm. It was a covenant relationship. And yes, the laws he gave were supposed to sustain the marriage, but the laws were not the basis of the marriage. Yes. <laughs> you get me? Yes. God said, I loved your father Abraham. That's why I am entering this covenant relationship with you. So actually for in actual fact, God fell in love. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to put it that way, I mean today's modern concept of falling in love. God loved Abraham and therefore he covenanted with his children. Of course he had already covenanted with Abraham. Mm-hmm. But he uh, solidified it with a set of laws. Hmm. And the most important of them was that they should not abandon him. Unfaithfulness, faithfulness. So you can see God gets God abandons them because they had already abandoned him in terms of 
darkness. I'm going after another God. So he causes Jeremiah here. This new covenant will be different. It's not like the old one. Be which, which old one was the one where they had abandoned me and gone for another husband, which were the gods of the other nations. Mm-hmm. So the same thing again, if you look at Hosea chapter 2, verse 7. Okay, if you have it, read it. Okay, so Hosea 2, 7 says, here he's talking, he's talking, Yahweh is speaking of um, Israel. And he said, she, who is Yahweh here, um, oh, sorry, who is Israel, Israel here, yes. she will chase after her lovers, but not catch them. She will look for them, but not find them. Then she will say, I will go back to my husband as at first, for then I was better off than now. Hmm. Now, again, Israel is being... Uh, it's a lot of poetic language. Yes, Israel is being painted as a wife who has been has had so many lovers and finally comes to her senses and wants to go back to her husband. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think everybody should take Hosea chapter 2 and read because what ha- what then happens is that the one the husband who has been jilted rather now goes back and tries to uh, 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 what do you call it to wrap as Ghanaians we say to to con his wife again yes yes the wife who has actually abandoned him and gone for other uh, people is Yahweh himself the one who has been hurt who goes back and tries to reconcile with his wife hmm. that's what I was there too so this is what I'm saying the prophets already began to speak of Yahweh in ways which were quite weird because if Yahweh is the one who has been hurt, who's been hurt then he is around rather making the effort to bring reconciliation yes you, you get yeah, it interesting yeah and so if you look at the, these are the ways in which the prophets had already begun to speak of Yahweh differently than most people did okay but then Jesus broke the walls of understanding of God because he, 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 he there are so many ways in which he behaved which was totally radical totally radical and one of the clearest examples which for centuries many people <coughs> have misunderstood is what you call the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. The problem with that parable is encapsulated, the problem with our current understandings or the dominant understanding of that parable is encapsulated in the heading. It is not a parable of the prodigal son, it's a parable of the prodigal father. Hmm. We need to go back and look at Luke chapter 15 again. The story is in Luke chapter 15, right? Just read 1 to 3. Before he gets to the full story, which is 11 to 32, we won't read 11 to 32. We know the story there. But we need to know why Jesus told the story. Because that makes a difference when you are reading. If, if you do have it, let's let's look at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 15. Luke 15, um, 1 to 3. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. So, Luke 15, 1 to 3 talks about the parable of the lost sheep. So mm-hmm. That's why it's starting. So, yeah. so, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Mm-hmm. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus told them this parable. Okay. So, that's, that's yeah. it. So, the parable, there, there are three different parables, right? And he told them in sequence, and the and the uh, and the the, the, the one about the the, the, the prodigal son is the last parable in the, yes. the chapter eleven. Mm-hmm. But what prompted the story to be told? The, the, what prompted the story to be told was was that Jesus, who was supposedly to be a prophet or you know a healer or whatever a rabbi, should have known better not to be associating with these 
quote-unquote tax collectors and sinners. Mm-hmm. That's what the Pharisees were accusing Jesus of. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, how can you, who should know better, <laughs> we are reading this before we are sinners. So Jesus tells this sequence of stories to tell them about him and who is Jesus. He is God. He's God. So he starts with the story. One, the child says some very wicked things to his father by right? telling that he wishes his father was dead. Basically, that's what he's saying. Yes. That he should share the property and give him his part. He goes to squander it and then he comes to his senses and he says, I want to come back. I want to come back as a servant. Mm-hmm. The, you know, one of the things I noticed when I was reading Hosea 2 is that it's that the statement about coming back is almost the same as uh, the prodigal son. son story. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> you get me. But anyway, yes, so what happens? One, the boy has shown disrespect to his father, and everybody in the town would have heard the matter. Mm-hmm. Hey, this boy is a very foolish boy. If he comes back, you see what he'll do to us. You know, the Jesus is telling this story in a Jewish setting. Jews are a collectivist culture. When uh, and for some time, Ghanaians were, I mean, earlier, uh, earlier distance have no, also been a big collectivist. When a child does something wrong, so people have, other adults have the right to, 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 oh, everybody to discipline the discipline child. You. Yes, yes, yes. Why? Yes. Because part of collectivist culture's fears is that if one child goes wrong and we don't punish it, other children will learn from it. Right. Yes. And also behave the same way. So when now this child has messed up and is coming back, what do we see? We see the father has seen the child Away. from far away and he, and he takes the an old man he takes the initiative to run and go and meet the child meaning he had already forgiven the, the child before the child came to ask hmm. why because he desires that the relationship between him and his son be restored more than the question of oh look at the wickedness you have done to me you hear me you're saying so, this is the nature of God. This is exactly what Jesus Christ is saying. He's saying, we've been telling the story of the prodigal son and focusing on the son coming back and God forgiving. But the point is that the God in this picture, who is the father, had already forgiven Given him and was waiting, sitting there, waiting, looking afar, waiting for his son to come. And when he saw him, he ran quickly. You know, he got um, him the best and then he made a statement. Say, uh, my son has been gone yes. for so long and I've waited for him. Something yes, like and that. He's, and now he's, he's, back now. he's back now. And so he says, let's put a ring on him. Let's do a party. Let's you know kill the, the, the fattened calf and all that. This is w- what the heading of yes, this thing should be. He was dead and is alive yes. again. He was lost and is found. Yes. Mm-hmm. The heading of this parable should be the reckless father, not the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get it? And uh, um, some some scholars even point out that part of the reason why the father would have run would have been that if he didn't run to go and embrace the child, it's possible that the townspeople would have grabbed the boy and attempted to discipline him. Because this is a collectivist culture. For them, Mm -hmm. uh such misbehavior and you are coming back would discipline you, will beat you. Mm And there are many places in the Old Testament where it actually says when a son does wrong, not just the parents, but other people should actually enact their punishment. Or when a person does something wrong within society, mm. like an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Yes. You don't ex- exact the punishment yourself. It's the society that's supposed to exact the punishment. Mm-hmm. So this is, would have been one of those cases. So it's possible that he had even to run because if he hadn't done so, the, the, the villagers would have done something to his son. 
But anyway, even if that wasn't the case, the point is he had already forgiven and was waiting for the son to come. Yes. So it tells us that and Jesus Christ tells this story to say that this is the character of me who I'm here sitting with these people. And me here, I am God. And whatever I'm doing, <laughs> that is what my father does. Yes. Interesting. So, alright, I mean, Jesus totally breaks all the rules when it comes to sin and, 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 and how to, I mean, people facing punishment and blah, blah, and so on. By saying that God Himself is loving to the point where whatever it is, yes. He's willing uh, l- l- to work with us. The story of the prodigal son is makes much clearer this whole topic what we are talking about. Yes. Salvation as reconciliation. Yes, as reconciliation. So where the the father has already forgiven us. Mm-hmm. And that that in itself is salvation. Mm-hmm. Already being forgiven. Mm-hmm. And that for that he is ready and he has made he himself, has taken the initiative. Yes, yeah. taking the initiative. He has made he has See, if we think of reconciliation, mm-hmm. think about it as it's it's a, reconciliation is always in two ways. Mm-hmm. So even we have things like reconciliation, uh, reconciliation society or a reconciliation groups or committees, uh-huh. where we say one person has done wrong against the other. Mm-hmm. So they bring these two people, mm-hmm. and then one says I am sorry, and the other one says I've mm-hmm. forgiven you. Mm-hmm. It's in the same way, but here you although we have heard God. God himself will still come and he even he even says, look, I am sorry. Mm-hmm. He's, he opens up and he's ready and he's opened up his arms mm-hmm. wide. Mm-hmm. And he's just waiting for us to say that, oh, we are also sorry. Mm-hmm. And we want to take, we we want to take you as our husband, as mm-hmm. our father, as mm-hmm. our Lord. Yes and, yes, and get back together. And again. get back together again exactly. so that we can continue to do the work. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, I it's it's good to think about it this way. Yes, yes, and and this and, is and this not is. and not as unless you I go out there and I save the soul, and the soul is saved by me bringing him to church, <laughs> and him coming to stand in front of the whole church, lifting up his arm and mm-hmm. saying that um, from this day forward I mm-hmm. take you as my Lord and personal <laughs> savior. No, that. I'm sorry, but, see, but Christians, you know how how we paint that not one. What we typically what typically happens is that we say that God is angry. With you. I mean, you have sinned. Yes, uh, and this is typical. The the, the four spiritual laws. I remember that track that used to teach. One, you have sinned. Um, uh, oh no, it starts from one. God loves you, mm-hmm. but then two, you have sinned, mm-hmm. and then uh, that and, and because of the sin, there is a bridge between you and God. There is a gap between you and God. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Uh, ha, ha, um, ha, ha, has taken your pan- uh, um, has been punished on your behalf. Yes. And the fourth one, so now you, you are restored to God if you accept God's uh, forgiveness. But the point, the, the problem with that is that we are saying that um, you, you you will be reconciled to God if he, you accept His forgiveness. But. God, I mean, Paul says that God think, has reconciled I, himself already. I don't think they use the language of reconciliation. No, no. Uh-huh. They, they use, there, they use the language of you are saved so that you don't go to hell. Okay. Not that you are reconciled to, to God. God. There's a, there's yes. a difference But there. we see that the, the emphasis here is what, where I'm trying to push us to think and to think more. Mm-hmm. That God has, uh, and this is where we need to look at uh, Paul's language in Second Corinthians. Mm-hmm. Right, because 
Paul says it very very explicitly and sometimes a bit scandalously and it's 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 easy to not take Paul here because you think oh, this can't be right right but if you look at second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 18 to 19 mm-hmm. Paul says that all this is from God all right who reconciled us to himself through Christ mm-hmm. it's God who is reconciled himself to, to, to us or through Christ and he gives us the ministry of reconciliation that God w- and what is this ministry of reconciliation he explains in verse 19 that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them oh, yes. and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation why? God has taken the initiative <coughs> and forgiven all of humanity all you have to do is just get on board hmm. You are already yes. Uh, you see, that you, you are already a book where all your sins are recorded. <laughs> so when you are you, judged, blah blah blah. You are. So we say that he's not counting people's sins against them. Yeah, that's huge. Now one. you see, we, we uh, the reason why most people become uncomfortable with this language is because again they are thinking in a legal framework exactly. way of thinking. But step back. And use marriage again as an example. Use mm-hmm. covenant as an example. In some marriages, people count all the sins of their spouses against them. Well, then that's then they, they, they have big fat issues. Uh-huh. Because marriages are not sustained. Again, we are talking about Christian marriages. What did you see? Go back. What did Jesus, what is the critical thing why Yahweh abandoned Israel? Mm-hmm. Idolatry, which is going after a different God, God. No, not than Him. Not. Oh, Israel was supposed to uh, um, bring the goat at this time, and they brought it. Uh, they didn't sacrifice it at the Or they didn't sacrifice it right. Or they didn't want But that Yahweh abandoned, and Israel abandoned Yahweh and went for another God. And that is why God abandoned, left them, and Assyria and Babylon came to destroy them. What did Jesus say was the minimum uh, criteria for divorce? He said, unfaithfulness but unless and until there has been unfaithfulness the marriage must continue Mm -hmm. good so the fact that we if we begin to think of our relationship with God as in terms of marriage then we begin to see that okay even if I've done something wrong against God after I have become a Christian Mm -hmm. alright God still loves me the marriage is not dead the marriage is not dead but yes, of course, married people hurt each other. And what's the best thing they can do? Forgive. Say, oh, I'm sorry. Forgive and move on. Forgive and move on. <coughs> yes. So, when we say God is not counting the, the, the our sins against us, basically, He's not using that as a means of breaking the covenant relationship between Him and us. Hmm. And when we sin after having become Christians, what we end up getting is our, or the consequences of our own sin. Sin always has its own consequences. You don't need so, God to come and punish you for having done anything wrong. Like the example you give, it is best thing. So if you think of it as, as <coughs> it is not that it is some punishment from God mm-hmm. because of this of what we have done, mm-hmm. but it is the consequence of the sin. Yes. So we are Christians and we are taking bribes, and then one day you know there's a task force and it comes out mm-hmm. and it finds out that. You are part of it. All mm-hmm. this thing that came out uh, last year, 
these there were some judges who were found yes, yes, yes exactly yes. many of these guys were Christians they mm-hmm, go to mm-hmm, church mm-hmm. some say even their, their pastors call them and mm-hmm. ask them oh why have you done this mm-hmm. and you have, you have put us in a bad light mm-hmm. you know but everything that happened there are some of them were disbarred some of them yes whatever embarrassment mm-hmm. that came to them mm-hmm. did not come from God <laughs> exactly it, quoting, it wasn't God didn't punish them mm-hmm. it was as a result of their own actions yes then exactly. probably how we continue to live in the world today mm-hmm. so many things mm-hmm. uh, so industries coming up and the way in which we are not taking care of the world yes. of the land that God has yes. given to us yes and as we don't do these things, so many things are happening. You have mm-hmm. tsunamis all over the place due to global warming. Mm-hmm. And we still have, hey, the, the biggest people in the world say they don't believe in global mm-hmm. warming. Hey, I, I I, am not an expert at global warming. Mm-hmm. But I but do no, know It's not actually rocket science. It's that not rocket science. <laughs> that Everything what, has consequences. What, what you expose, what you make put in the air, which is not good, will some way somehow have an effect on what happens, you know, in around, around, around the in life the world, around, around exactly. you. So, it's, it's, it's all of these kind of thinkings that... And so, you know, things happen and people say, oh, so if there's a God, why did he allow this to happen? If yeah. there's a God, I mean, the, why, the, did, the, the, why did, the he, point is why did evil, this happen? The, the, but, the explanations for evil are complex. Exactly. To, to, to say to, that it's a to, punishment yes, from to, God is not fair. To, yes, to pretend that we have no role in what happens and everything is just... A punishment from God or whatever and so on mm-hmm. is to miss the point. Mm. Uh, God, uh, we human beings have one way or the other a rule in whatever it is that I mean. And sometimes it could be that it is not us; it could be some other person's fault or, and so on. But we are not powerless. That's the whole point we're trying to make. Mm. And so, if we again, if we go back to the subject of thinking in covenant terms, then we begin to see that um, it it's not so much about getting everything right. But it's about staying in the relationship with Yahweh. Mm-hmm. That is why when people came to ask Jesus Christ, what is the most important command? He said, mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And if you're actually doing that right, it should lead to the second part. Love your neighbor as yourself. yourself. So one of the things I wanted to emphasize with a, a covenant way of thinking is that it leads to an inversion of this believe, behave, belong. Mm. The more Christians think covenant covenantally and act covenantally towards their fellow neighbors because God has loved them so much in this way and is willing to still be with them even when they are sinned is that it can lead to Christians turning around and being a belong believe and behave people mm. where we are accepting of people even if we think that they may be wrong Yes. Where we, we prioritize <coughs> fellowship Christians. Yes, where we prioritize fellowship over being right. Mm-hmm. Um and where we actually begin to look a lot more like Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Jesus Christ was criticized for being with all the wrong people. Mm-hmm. He ate with sinners. <laughs> yeah, you get me. This is God himself really? eating with sinners. Yes. So it, it, it was examples he deliberately it's, yes. gave these examples. It's a very example, but because we have chosen to view him, view scripture with a different set of lenses, we don't see what Jesus is doing. But Jesus is being covenantal in his behavior towards other people, so he is willing to accept, spend time. Look at the, the story of Zacchaeus. Actually, here, here is where I, I would like to. 
time is going, so I'd like mm-hmm. to just put a little food for thought here. Mm-hmm. So how about the thinking of um, communion? And would you consider, as a Christian, mm-hmm. sharing communion with a non-Christian? Yeah, exactly. That's all. No, there's a food for thought. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big <laughs> fat thing for, for, but for let's, a lot of people. But, but let's go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, let, 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 so let's try and wrap up. I mean, basically... Just, just let me look at the story of Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. This is a, he, he is a sinner. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. And Jesus Christ said, "Oh, you know, I want to come to your house. Come, let's sit, let's eat." Mm-hmm. And through being related, through spending time, accepting Zacchaeus. Now, acceptance is not equal to agreement. This is the thing that many people make a mistake on. We assume that once you Kofi Mensah is relating or accepting of this other person, it means you agree with everything that they are doing. I think that many people this don't really don't really understand the nature of Zacchaeus and who he was and, <laughs> oh, yes, and, and yes. how people f- and how he and how the society felt about him. Yes. If if you really understood the Good Samaritan, mm-hmm. for instance, mm-hmm. and the boy, the young man who left and wished his father dead mm-hmm. and yeah, left the society you know, and the went away. And, and, and he, so imagine when he came back and the committee wanted to lynch him and mm-hmm. beat him up. Zacchaeus is. 50 times that mm-hmm. maybe there's not the time to talk about that okay, but, story. <laughs> but it's 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 a very it, it's it's a, for instance in my office it's a conversation i had oh, okay. about zacchaeus and about and about the nature of jesus mm-hmm. and about even some of the things he did and the radical things mm-hmm. he did and i gave a number of them and i gave zacchaeus and i i it took about uh, more than 10 minutes okay. to describe Zacchaeus and what he meant okay. and who he was yes. within yes. that yes. culture within and Jewish the context yes. of the time. Yes. And you know, people are like, you're amazed. like, wow. I mean, if I was there, I would hate him too. You, yes, you would hate him. And not only that, I mean, you would hate Jesus for eating with Zacchaeus. Yes, and because would, Jesus has exactly. betrayed the Jewish cause for saying, oh, let me sit with you and eat with you. And you see, when Jesus chooses to do the belong part, which is actually sit and eat and have a conversation and blah blah and so on. Then over it 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 it, 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 it opens Zacchaeus's eyes to see his own misbehavior. Mm-hmm. And then it leads to oh, the believing part follows. And then it leads now to yeah, right behavior yeah. where you say, Okay, I will give away what I have stolen from mm-hmm. people. And for Jesus, maybe it can happen very quickly. But for us human beings, it it time. could take a could long take months, time. Yes. Take a whole but lifetime. we need to work at the first part, which is belong. Because once we understand that God is not holding or counting our sins against us, He has recon- He has taken the initiative mm-hmm. to be reconciled to us. And therefore, if that is how He views me, then that is how He views Kofi Mensah, who is also a drunkard, uh, with uh, and so on, or who does all sorts of things I consider immoral. That God has reconciled Himself to humanity. Mm-hmm. Yes. He didn't say pray the sinner's prayer before he reconciled himself to you. That's what I was trying to say about the the four spiritual mm-hmm. God has already reconciled himself. So what we should be saying when we are t- telling the good news is that look, all your ideas you had that God is angry with you is a lie. Stop deceiving yourself and get up and come and let's follow Jesus. Because he, he has already Reconcile himself to you. You are the one who is putting the stumbling block there, not him. Mm-hmm. This is how we should present the gospel. This is how we should then begin to let Christian fellowship work. Mm-hmm. And, and to mm-hmm. add on to just say so, the, and the behave part, 
I mean, now we've inverted the two. So belong, belong first, be accepting. Mm-hmm. When you're accepting, over time, they may come to believe. Yes, they will come to but believe. But even then, the behave part will probably take the longest in terms of character, mm-hmm. in terms of how they think. It mm-hmm. takes time. Mm-hmm. And and that is why they, it comes now back to the community mm-hmm. in which they are in. Yeah, Once so they actually belong, mm-hmm. and they belong properly mm-hmm. in a certain community, mm-hmm. then they, then it they learn, them it shapes them to behave. And it shapes them in their behavior and yeah. their thinking, yeah. in what they do. In Then everything does not become black and white, yes. right and yes. wrong. Yes. It's... Yes. You 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 think through a process. You you it, it it's about following Jesus. Yes, it's, and that's, it's that's, that's different that's So so that's why uh, the New Testament talks about two tools for our, our transformation. One, the Holy Spirit. Two, the Church, the Body of Christ. Yes. As we continue to en- engage with the Body of Christ, you see, once you are in a relationship with somebody, relationships change you. I mean, I. We are, we are married men. Might not be instant, are, but over time, I used to not take certain things seriously. But my wife takes them seriously. So over time, and it has changed me. And trust me, you're still <laughs> a young marriage. In ten years yes, time, it will change, it will change, change you even more. In twenty years time, it, it will change you even more. Exactly. So, it's, it's but the, way the, it works. the only thing is that we have an objective standard that we are following, which is Jesus Christ. Yes. Which is why we need to understand that the process of being Christians is about looking up to Jesus and being discipled to yes. follow him. Yes. Why whenever any Christian community ignores discipleship and thinks we are just going to get quick results out of people, they are kidding themselves. They are lying. We are we will never be able to produce mature Christians because we think that it's an instant process mm-hmm. and they should just all be saved. Be, be saved and be transformed somehow somewhere, some, just by lifting up their hands and saying the Lord's prayer and everything is alright no God's desire is that we be conformed to the image of his son mm. and he is the objective measure that we are going towards and it's going to take a while yes. and it's going to take a lot of patience it's going to take the spirit of God and the community of brethren and if we are not willing to think covenantally then the fellowship and the love that we see in the book of Acts and we are all enthralled by it I'm sorry <laughs> it ain't gonna happen <laughs> ah okay people wow we've we've I think yes our time is up mm-hmm. we've we've had a good discussion here mm-hmm. it's, it's it's interesting I mean yeah. we we are taking it seriously and we are having fun and, talking and, about and it and, and, and you know so <laughs> speaking I'm going on from here uh-huh. we, we our next podcast podcast topic will, will, will focus specifically on why did Jesus die because uh-huh. it is linked directly to the subject of thinking covenantally mm-hmm. we need to answer if we are going to think covenantally then we need to, then why did Jesus die what has that got to do with covenant and all that, all that. Uh, we, 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 we need to revisit the subject of the death of Jesus Christ also because Easter is right around the corner so okay. it is appropriate to talk about the death of Jesus Christ and one last thing, we are working on having a video podcast. So, at some point, we will announce it. And yes, at, it at and some point. So, right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for um, for your time. If you listen to everything, and and so um, until next time, uh, this is goodbye from us from the podcast on the mount. Okay. And thank you. You're welcome. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast on the mount. You can ask a question, make a comment, or just reach out to us on our Facebook page, 
Podcast on the Mount and on Twitter at Podcast on the MNT. Goodbye.